The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning. So I wanted to talk a little bit about making choices. Um, One of the uh, really uh, benefits of uh, mindfulness practice is the ability to um, make better choices. Uh, For instance, um, it creates a, a kind of a little bit of a spaciousness to the moment, so we actually have time to make choices instead of reacting in our lives. Uh, for instance, if somebody insults us, and you know we have years of habit, you know where somebody insults us, it's like they push a button and we lash out, right? But mindfulness, that's just that little bit of time, that little bit of space there, so we can actually go. Well, maybe it's not so useful to lash out at the, you know, at the doctor who's going to be treating me, um, or you know whatever that situation might be. Um, It also gives us that space to restrain when we need to act in a different way. Um, So, for instance, we might be, um, uh, you know, we might be the kind of person who gets up every morning, we have a lot of momentum, and we meditate every day. Uh, Or we might be the kind of person who likes to stay in bed, and uh, it's really hard to get ourselves out of bed. Then mindfulness can bring us to that moment where we go, Am I going to stay in bed or am I going to get up? You know, and the mindfulness is just enough clarity that that helps us make the choice that's more helpful in our life. Um, so what I like to do is start out with a story about making choices. You know, um, people have a lot of issues about making choices. Historically, we just didn't make a lot of choices until this last you know century or two. Um, Life is sort of simple. You know, you were kind of born into a certain type of life, and you kind of grew up. You know, parents were farmers. You were a farmer. If you're a woman, you definitely have very few choices. Basically, have babies and raise them. And even the food you ate, there weren't a lot of choices. You ate what was around. You know, you didn't have uh, all these varieties and, you know, markets and things like that. So life didn't have all that many choices. We didn't have all that much leisure time, so we couldn't learn how to paint and learn to play an instrument and uh, take this class over here. Uh, And definitely didn't have an internet where we had a million things you could choose from. So life today is just full of choices. Um, Some of us have a lot more certain types of choices than others, but still, regardless, modern life brings us a lot more choice. And some of those choices, um, we we may have problematic relationships with choice making. And so um, I just work with someone who uh, has cluttering issues. I don't know if anybody here has, uh, even people who don't have cluttering issues often have cluttering issues (laughs) Um, because there's so much stuff in our society, right? So this person was really trying to simplify their life and, and, you know, every room in the house is just full of stuff and um, they just didn't know where to begin. And uh, what it ended up being was that uh, he gives a lot of meaning to each one of his possessions. So each one, each possession had to go, undergo through a major uh, evaluation, you know, and when you've got thousands of objects, that just isn't going to happen realistically. So we decided to work with uh, mindfulness practice while he's making a decision. 
And so the first object we started, just something on his desk, uh, he just bought a new phone and a new phone case. Now the case came in a little bit of plastic, hard plastic packaging. And he couldn't decide whether to keep the packaging or not. Now, the packaging, I said, well, why do you want to keep it? He said, well, three years from now, when I sell my phone, um, I'll be able to sell the case inside that packaging. You know, I don't want to be wasteful. And, he's, and what it turned out was he said, you know, I really don't want to be wasteful. You know, it's this kind of waste that really hurts the planet. The reason the planet is in the horrible condition that it's in. And it's not that that isn't true, but that's the weight with which he's looking at a simple little piece of packaging that he has to decide what to do. And so I said, well, um, what are your choices? He says, well, I either keep it and I'll you know, use it in three years or I let it go right now. And, um, and I said, how does that feel? You know, I'm trying to get him to stay mindful during the process. And he said, it hurts, my heart hurts. My heart hurts about the destruction of this planet. And I said, is there anything you can do at this point to ease some of that pain? And he said, well, you know, eventually the earth is going to be destroyed by the sun, so none of this matters. (laughs) And, um, you know, but that was also a little bit of a bypass, too. Uh, so, um, and it was interesting, as in the process of doing this process, he actually noticed there's a recycling symbol at the very bottom of this case, and actually it could actually go into plastic recycling, <laughs> uh, which was great. Um, but he stayed with the difficult feelings until he, he chose to recycle it and not keep it, because what was more important was to declutter his space. Um, and... Um, uh, you know, and then you know, we went to another thing. He had a tool he hadn't used in 20 years. And I, I don't know if any of you have objects you haven't used in, in decades. Okay? And um, as he paid attention to the pain of letting it go, um, you know, he realized that um, I asked him, you know, well, what happens if you let it go? And he says, well, I might need it someday. And I said, okay, what if you, if you let it go and you needed it someday? He said, well, then I'd be a failure. Then I will have made a mistake. And that, his whole self-esteem was wrapped up in not making mistakes. So this is just letting go of an object. So the meaning we give these things can be really significant. Um, So now, more generally, to talk about choices, there's all sorts of choices we make. Easy choices are choices we make by habit. Uh, for instance, if we're used to, um, uh, let me backtrack. Most of the activities that we do in our lives, we do by combination of habit and choice. Some things, such as some people just brush their teeth without even des- deciding they're brushing their teeth. That's one made by habit. Sometimes there's a lot of habit, like I'm going to make breakfast every morning. You've got a lot of habit. But sometimes you don't feel like it, right? You know, and some, so there's a little bit of choice involved. And sometimes there's something you really don't want to do, you have no habit, and it requires a lot of choice. So most of what we do is a combination of that, habit and choice. Uh, so there's the little choices, such as what do you, what do you want to eat, you know, uh, where do you want to go, you've got a favorite restaurant, no big deal. Um, there's life-changing choices, such as you're going to take up an instrument, you know, it does, you, make, you have to make that choice over and over and over and over again, right? 
you don't just make it once and you take up an instrument, each time you have to practice, right? So, so sometimes you need to keep making that choice over and over. Um, and there's the huge choices, like am I gonna get married, I'm gonna have children, um, you know, am I gonna move, you know, what's, what career? So it's like really big choices. And people have difficulties in the different ones of them. Some people, like, like for me, uh, the biggest choices were always the easiest for me, because I was impulsive, I just did them impulsively. Um, you know, my career, I just decided my career in about 10 minutes. Um, I didn't think about it. I just go, oh, that sounds like the right thing. Okay, done. Um, and, um, you know, some people really spend months and months deliberating, you know. And yet it, it would take me a lot longer to pick, pick a piece of fabric because I was traumatized around it. Um, my mother, when I was a kid, uh, you know, she made every article of clothes that the family ever wore, you know, so she sewed everything. And so she liked, to, she liked me to go fabric shopping with her. So she would say, pick anything you want and I'll make it for you. you know, so I'd be really excited and pick those big green polka dots, you know. And, um, and then she would, you know, I'd bring it to her and she'd make this horrible face, you know, and say, are you sure that's what you want? You know, and sort of walk me over to what she wanted me to pick. Um, and, you know, nevertheless, I never never picked anything. <laughs> and so it made me really insecure about picking the right thing because I couldn't trust my own, my own opinion. Obviously, I'd been wrong. Um, yeah, so those little traumas that we have around choice making, you know, they, they shape, they're part of shaping our personalities. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the challenging choices we make. Um, in particular, the ones when we know something is right for us, and we know this is, you know, such as meditating. Most of you are here because, you know, you value meditation. You think it's something that's really helpful in your life, something essential, something important. And yet, a lot of people, even though they think that, they still don't practice. They don't meditate. And um, so it's, that what I want to talk about are things that we know are right for us, but we still don't do them. And so why don't we do them? Okay, so there's three things, right, that, that, that are the reasons we don't do them. They're called greed, aversion, and delusion. Okay, that's what's at play. Those forces are stronger than us knowing what's right, what's right for us. And so, for instance, um, let's talk about getting up in the morning. Um, and let's say that what works best for your schedule if you meditate first thing when you get up. Um, and it's, you know, the, the um, alarm clock rings and it's really cold in the house, you know. And so aversion arises and you just don't want to get out of bed, you know. So aversion is stronger than the fact that, you know, I'll actually really feel a lot better if I sit. Or it might be that you get up, it's, you know, you're nice and energetic, and then the computer uh, email starts talking to you saying, come, come read me. You know, come read me. And as you're trying to go to your cushion, this desire this, you know, for, to check your email, just, just check it right before you meditate, and then you get sucked into it. So that's desire, you know, um, takes you away from the decision that you, that you actually would much rather make. 
Um, so those forces, those habits of mind, um, of the habit of greed, the habit of aversion, the habits of delusion. And delusion is just really not paying attention. You know, um, you, you get up and you go do something without even knowing you've made a choice. That's delusion. You just automatically go do something and you have no idea how you did it. You just did it. Um, or you may know the right thing to do, um, um, but it can be difficult because you're afraid of making a mistake. Um, such as, um, let's say you want to buy a car, okay? And you're so afraid of making a mistake of what you're going to buy that you're going to get a lemon or you're going get, to get the wrong thing or your friends are going to judge you or whatever ideas come into play that you don't do anything. So um, or we may believe there's a right choice when there isn't a right choice. Like for instance... Um, uh, what book am I going to read? You know, I've got time to read one book, and there's like a list of ten books. And uh, you know, is there a right choice in those ten books? Not, not in particular, but sometimes it feels like there's a right choice because of whatever uh, past baggage we may have around that. Um, another thing, excuse me. <clears throat> Another thing that makes um, choice-making difficult is that often making a choice can actually um, be unpleasant. So, for instance, um, you know, if you start to exercise, let's say you, you um, I don't know how many of you have jogged, but for most people who jog, the first little bit of the jogging is hard. You know, so you sort of have to make the decision to jog. The first little bit doesn't feel so good, and then you get into the groove of it. And that's often true with just exercising in general, like going for a walk, um, or doing something that's, that's effortful. Because the beginning of effort often has this little unpleasant quality, and so we associate making the choice to do something with that unpleasant quality. So we don't want to make those choices. So a lot of that is just really staying connected with how we are in, in those moments. You know, how, what is actually going on in me? Oh, I don't like the way this feels, this, this, uh, this beginning, this beginning. So even like, um, you know, for me, like cleaning up my desk, right? You know, it's, I've had accumulation, and, and that very first paper feels a little bit hard. Once again, to the groove of it, it's okay, but it's that very beginning so a lot of times we don't make certain choices because of that initial difficulty, that initial discomfort. And um, so I'm going to just go f- finish up since I just realized um, I can talk for a long time about choice. <laughs> um, the other kind of choices that, that, that we work with a lot in practice are internal choices. And those, in some ways, they really shape our life in the most significant ways. And for instance, um, you know, one of the choices that I've worked with in my life is the choice of being kind. You know, that my intention is to be kind to everybody and anybody I ever meet, um, and regardless of how they are to me. That kindness is, is the first thing that comes out of me. It doesn't mean that I've succeeded at that choice every time, 
but the inclination of making that choice over and over and over again has made it much more likely to happen um, because I've, you know, that's been at the forefront of my practice. Uh, so there are attitudes or mental attitudes that we have in practice. And for those of you who are at the beginning of the sitting here, I asked you to really pay attention to your choice to show up and be present for, for, the, for your body, for your breath, for your sitting. You know, it's a choice we make, whether we're going to just sit there and space out and, and be indulgent in our sitting, or whether we're really going to show up moment after moment after moment. It doesn't mean we succeed, but it means that that's the choice we're making, that this is the time we value. This is the time that we're going to really um, uh, give our best. Um, and, and sometimes the choice we make of when things happen to us that, that we don't like... Um, I've, you know, I, I always use this example because it was so traumatic to me. But, um, you know, I was on a retreat, and I, I woke up in the morning with 29 bites from something in my bed. And not only were they bites, but they were huge. And I was very, uh, you know, I immediately got totally bummed out. It's going to ruin my retreat, et cetera, et cetera. And then I watched my mind. I go, you know, I don't have to be unhappy over this. And I saw that I could make the choice to, for my mind to say, well, it's okay. It's okay, it's happened. And just something really lifted, right? You know, and I was able to just really be happy after that. That it didn't matter the condition of these bites. That I didn't have to resist it. I didn't have to have it bum me out. You know, on retreat, that might be easier to do than, than in regular daily life. But, but it was just the principle that, that it's the choice of the mind what we're going to nourish. Are we going to focus on the, the bite, the pain, the discomfort? Or are we going to focus on the, on the lightness of the heart? And, um, and so when I just finished with my, one of my um, uh, favorite quotes from um, Viktor Frankl. He's a Holocaust survivor. And um, he said, when we're no longer able to change a situation or challenge to change ourselves. And that's by choice. So, so thank you very much. So.